wonderful readings today if you're going to set up a catechesis program. There's a lot of information in all of those readings, and some of it can be a little bit confusing, too. You know, I was so encouraged during our Christmas Masses, the church and the pack, they were overflowing with people, with families of all kinds. There were traditional families, like the one I came from. My mother and father had 12 children, not very common nowadays. I'm the 12th, the caboose, the end, if you will. My parents were married for over 50 years. And, and just a couple of months ago, we had a couple that uh, renewed their vows. They, were married for, they are married for 65, going on 66 years. So we have a lot of different kinds of families. Not, well, you know, my family wasn't perfect. Uh, but there are other, other different kinds of families. Families that are blended. Single parent families. Families that are torn apart by divorce and, and different things. Families that have adopted and have fostered children. And the list goes on and on. We, we must remember, though, that we are the body of Christ. And everyone, all our members of our family... We accept all of God's children. The Catholic Church excludes no one. At this time of year when families are reunited, and as we celebrate the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we reflect on what it is to be a family. Yes, the family is the basic unit of society, of church. It is in the family that we first learn to communicate And that we learn what is good and bad, what is right and what is wrong. It is in the family that we learn to love. And because in the family that we first receive that love. It is in the family that we learn to forgive and we learn how to pray. It is in the family that we first learn about God and Jesus and Our Lady and the saints. Yes, it's in the family that we learn the value to value others and ourselves, and to value everything else. We pick up our values from what is said, and sometimes from what is not said by our parents. Our family forms us for many years to come. The future of humanity depends on the family because it is through the family that we all come to be who we are. There are many attempts today to destroy the family in our times. I believe that if the family is destroyed, the world will crumble because all humanity comes through the family. There are many attempts today to redefine what a family is, but they do not reflect God's plan. With that in mind, we need to ask some basic questions. Is our family fulfilling God's plan? We desire our families to be the best possible families for our children so that they may get the best possible start in life. Many of us parents spend a lot of resources, you know, time and money on training our children in the basics of educational and physical skills. And we ensure that they have the best of nutrition so that they are physically healthy as they can possibly be. But do we take the time and energy required to raise our children to understand the faith to know the person of Jesus? Do we ensure that we make every effort to keep our families safe from all that would harm them? It's important to reflect on how our family fulfills 
God's plan. Because the family, in the family, we grow up. As we grow up, it's, it influences us for the rest of our lives. We have seen that when families reflect God's plan, they are strong, they are resilient. What is God's plan for the family? How can we know what that plan is? Let's go directly to the source. What does Jesus tell us about the family? In Matthew 19, he says, Have you not read that the Creator from the beginning made them male and female? And that he said, This is why a man leaves his father and mother and becomes attached to his wife, and the two become one flesh. They are no longer two, but one flesh. So then, what God has united, human beings must not divide. Yes, these are very clear words from Jesus on God's plan for the family. It is a man and a woman who become one. And what God has united must not be divided. What else has God told us about his plan for the family? In Paul's letter, we, in letters, we read that husbands are to love their wives as much as Christ loves the church. How much did Jesus love the church? He loved the church so much that he became one of us, a man, and he died for the church. He died for us. That is how much husbands are to love their wives. Paul also says husbands are to love their wives as much as they love their own bodies. And then the letter goes on to say something very beautiful. It says the love of husband and wife for each other is a reflection of the love of Christ for the church. So husbands and wives, is your love for each other a reflection of the unselfish love of Christ for the church? That part of the letter is a beautiful description of God's plan for the family. But what else do we know of God's plan? What about parents and children? Again, Paul's letter states, Children, be obedient to your parents in the Lord. Children, do you always love your parents? Then the letter goes on to say, Parents, never drive your children to resentment. So once again, we find beautiful words in Paul's letters about God's plan for all of us, God's plan for the family. If our families are reflecting God's plan, then they will also be families that put God first. God is first in their lives. Do we pray together as a family? Father Patrick Payton said that a family that prays together stays together. Those, I believe, are prophetic and very meaningful words. Do we put Jesus in the center of our families? Does the message of Christ fill our homes with that saving love? Yes. In the scriptures, we see that God has revealed a great deal to us about his plan for the family. Today, we celebrate the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, when the Father sent Jesus to us to reveal his love and to show us the way to him. You know, Jesus didn't just fall out of heaven as a fully grown adult. Jesus came as a member of a family, the Holy Family of Nazareth, 
God chose a family to show us how all families are to find their way to him. We pray that our families will fulfill God's plan because that is the only way to true happiness. At this time of year when families are reunited, it is good to reflect on how our own families fulfill God's plan. Father Ed, in his Christmas Day message, specifically to men, really connected with me and convicted me. I saw where I have personally come up short. I quote him, Father Ed said that he wanted to center his words on the third party of the Holy Family. He said that Joseph was a normal young man who had to face a big job. Joseph was told to raise a child, not his own, to flee with a pregnant wife to Bethlehem with no place to stay. And then we hear nothing about Joseph after finding the finding of Jesus in the temple at his age of 12. Yet, he was arguably one of the greatest men ever born. What faith Joseph had. He did what God asked him to do. God chose him, and he chose Mary to raise his only begotten son. He was chosen to protect Jesus and Mary. Father goes on to say, let us view this reading in view of what fathers, fathers are called to do. We hear that Joseph had to live with two people who were sinless. They were saints. He was the only member of the Holy Family who sinned. But we also hear that he was a man. He was a real father. Father Ed continued, that is the lesson I'd like you boys, you men, you fathers, you grandfathers to take home with you this Christmas season, to accept and fulfill your responsibilities in life, beginning with your own families. That is where we see most of the failures in the world today. Absentee fathers. The message for each man to be responsible for himself and those entrusted to him by God and stop blaming others or circumstances for our failures. We need to rise above the failures of the past and like Joseph, do what God asks us and let him do the rest. To be a man... And to do what we know we should do. And to not be led by cowardice or selfishness. To be a man, a husband, a father. That is the vocation of Joseph, the father of Jesus. And that is the vocation of every father and father-to-be here today. As the father of your family, make time with your family. Sit down together, parents and children, big and small. And talk together about what you really value, what you want from each other, and what each of you can do to make your home a happy and a holy place for everyone to live. When I was in Portsmouth, there was a, uh, one of the parents, one of the fathers, spoke to me and he said, when are you going to speak to the fathers? That they start taking on their responsibility And when I was in Portsmouth, we had five or six fathers who are in our Bible study groups and everything else here that really take on that responsibility. So I took that to heart. 
you know, the second reading today talked about wives be subordinate to your husbands. You know, that's a message that today just doesn't go over that well. But I think if we, as husbands and wives, fully participate as moms and dads and teachers of our children, it will go a long way to show us what real equality in marriage is all about. So today, I preach on fathers. May St. Joseph give you the inspiration and strength to be such a father for your family. May yours be also another holy family.